This is Rio of Madison Rising, and you're listening to our acoustic version of the Star Spangled Banner here on KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stride in bright stars through the perilous fight oh the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets ran
You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. You're listening to the Spark Radio Network, internet radio like you've never heard before. Innovation, creativity, and imagination are all said to begin with a spark. So fasten your seatbelt and take the ride of your life and listen for the spark. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord. Right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at R-A-H-A-R-D-I-N dot com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit Amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. Each of my programs are being saved so that you can listen to them at any time. There's just four simple steps to find the past programs. Go to www.spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Enter my name, Richard Harden, in the search box in the top center of the home page. Click on the brown icon, which has the Bible, two candlesticks, and a cross in the background. A list of my programs will come up. You're listening to God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden. Richard will guide you through the Bible and help you find God's purpose for your life. Now here's teacher and author Richard Harden. Welcome to God's Pure Word of Faith. I'm Richard Harden, and again, I want to thank the Lord and the management of KLRN Radio for this great opportunity to share God's Word with you today. Welcome this beautiful morning to God's Pure Word of Faith. I'm Richard Harden. I'll be here with you for an hour now if you'll stick around with me. And this is a great day to start out just sharing about the Lord. Great day and a great year. I pray this will be your best year ever and ours too. And that whatever God does for us this year, we're going to be just growing closer to Him and growing more in the knowledge and understanding of the Lord. And um, First Peter it says, you know, that joy and peace be multiplied to you through a knowledge of God and the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and like that. So now, uh, today, I'm going to be sharing with you more about faith, but uh, several short subjects about faith. Uh, so I've titled the program, you know, uh, Concepts of Faith. Because there are a lot of things, you know, that are being taught that uh, we need to take a look at. And we'll discuss those with you as we go through here, as many as possible today. Uh, first, I want to start out, though, for as any new listeners that haven't heard the last uh, couple of broadcasts, that uh, you need to know and understand just what faith is. There's a lot of definitions of faith going on um, in our Christian community and uh, I'll start with one of them Hebrews 11 1 uh, is taught as if it's God's definition of faith I've heard many ministers in fact even say that where it says that now faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen now that is a true statement but it is not a definition uh, 
what this statement is saying, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. That is, when your hopes are being fulfilled, we know that it's faith that's the substance fulfilling our hopes, even though we can't see it. But that doesn't define and tell us what faith is. Like for an example, another example like that would be, suppose you wanted to uh, generate some of your electricity for your house and you put a windmill out in the field and the windmill now as the blades turn and uh, rotate the base of the windmill a, a magnet and go around forth and everything and, uh, and generate electricity and moving magnet and everything so your hope would be when you put the windmill out there that uh, uh, wind would blow turn the windmill blades and gener uh, generate electricity for you so if you're standing in your house and you look out in the field and you see the windmill blades turning, you could say that uh, now wind is a substance fulfilling my hope to turn those windmill blades even though I can't see the wind. Now see, that's just like that statement in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is a substance fulfilling our hopes even though we can't see it. But see, that's not a definition of wind when we say wind is a substance fulfilling our hope to turn those windmill blades even though we can't see it. it it's just telling us that we can tell that wind is there it's being manifested at that windmill and that's about all we can tell we can't tell what the weather or if the winds blowing between us and the windmill or not all we can tell is it's just the wind is moving enough there at the windmill to turn the blades and that's the way it is with Hebrews 11 1 Hebrews 11.1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So when we see our hopes being fulfilled, that uh, tells us then that, hey, faith is being manifested in our life, fulfilling our hopes. And then the rest of chapter 11 in Hebrews, it's called the faith chapter, explains then how faith was you know, manifested in the life of the great men and women of the Old Testament, Moses, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and just on down the list like there's so many of them, uh, how faith was manifested in their lives because you could see from God working in their life and the things that God was doing that it was through faith that of these great people of the Old Testament it was through their faith and acceptance and obedience to God's word that God was able to perform these things in their lives. See, and that's the way it is us today too. When we see our hopes being fulfilled and our prayers being answered like that, we know it's through faith, our acceptance and obedience to God's word that uh, we're getting those hopes and things fulfilled because of all the ways that God comes to us in dreams, visions, you know, a, a minister speaking to us personally and everything through, you know, just a, his word in, in so many different ways like that that God comes to us. Mercy, grace, charity, and like this. There's only one way we can return back to him and be pleasing. And that's through faith. In fact, it, in Hebrews 11, one, it says, without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must not only believe that he is, but that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, uh, we've got to have that confidence, too, that if we seek God, that he'll hear and answer us. Well, if you didn't have that confidence, you wouldn't seek him diligently. And, and like it says in um, Jeremiah 29:13, you shall seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. Well, if, if you didn't have this idea that God was going to hear and answer you, you wouldn't be just casting all your heart in a particular direction and, and just putting your whole life and everything in that. See, but now, if you don't have that confidence this morning, what can you do? Give God a chance to manifest himself to you. Uh, I've shared with a lot of people uh, lately that there used to be a game that we'd play in our house and other places, you know, church, stuff like that, the game, 20 questions where somebody would get up in front of the uh, group of people and the group would be allowed 20 questions to ask them and they had to answer honestly. And then uh, they would try to guess what the person is imitating or pantomiming or something like that. Well, we can't see God. He's spirit. 
and we're not sure how to relate to him. And if, and if you don't have that confidence this morning, God will hear and answer you. Start asking him questions as if you do. You know, little things. You know, like uh, you lose your keys around the house, something like that. Pray and say, Lord, please help me find those keys. Or if you, you know, something else happens like that. You misplace your glasses or you forget your billfolds or things like this or whatever. Start giving God a chance in your everyday life in some of these little things to help you and make his presence known and that way you can be growing then in this confidence and and trust that hey I can turn there is God wow that could only happen if God did it you know ask questions in your everyday life and don't wait till some just real terrible if something event happens like that to try to do this but just start you know being open-minded to the Lord speaking to you in your daily activities because that's what he wants he wants to be related to us daily he wants us to live by faith now what that means living by faith is living by you know hearing his word and accepting it into our heart in different ways and us growing in that confidence and trust so that means we need to be doing it daily and just try some of the things and give God a chance to uh, speak to you and make his presence known to you. He's already been working in your life so much. It's just that you maybe don't recognize it because some of the things that he does are so common to us every day in protecting us and doing things. But anyway, give him a chance. Ask specific questions and see what kind of answers you get. Now, so since Hebrews 11.1 is not a definition of faith, let me explain to you real briefly because I've had a couple of programs already on faith where I go into a lot more detail and everything. But in uh, Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Now, how do we hear God's Word or something like this? I was just briefly discussing it there. But see, God and His Word are the same. God speaks, His Word goes forth. His Word, the living Word of God, Christ, is the creating arm of God, the power of God. In uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 24, it says, Christ, the power of God and wisdom of God. See, the pure Word of God is the wisdom of God. That's Christ. And then Christ is the power of God. The pure Word of God is the power of God. God spoke, let there be light. His word went forth, created light. Okay. His word then is just him manifesting himself to us. See, when he comes to us and, and manifests himself to us in our mind and, and creates some type of pattern we call a thought, and then we understand that thought, we say, we say well, God has spoken to me. That was God speaking to me. Wow. You know, something like that. But see, that's right. God and His Word are the same. So, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. It's not a just a message from God. It's not a text, a teletype, a Twix, or something like this, an email. And and His His messages in the Bible are like words that are waiting to come alive to us if we receive them into our heart. Now. Uh, it's got to be God's pure word for him to back it up. And our Bibles that we have today, you know, there's, well, I have a Bible that uh, shows the different uh, verses and everything in 26 different versions. And there's a lot of difference in the different versions. So I, I can't say just one Bible is God's pure, perfect word of God. There may be pure, perfect word of God uh, manuscripts over in the basement of some of the big churches in the you know, Europe and different places like that being stored. But for what we have, the common people today and everything like that, you know, the King James, NIV, RSV, Amplified, different versions like this, they're all a little different everything. But we need God's pure word. So get you different copies of the Bible like that and get a concordance. Concordance now is a, a, a big book that goes through the NIV, I mean, excuse me, the King James Version because it was first and, you know, it's been around longer. So it, it took years and years and years to do this. But they went through every word in the Bible and it tells, you know, and lists those words like faith. Every word, the word faith is used. It's in the King James. It's listed. 
and um, it tells you which scripture and which verse, and you can go there and read about faith in. Well, since the other versions don't have the uh, concordance nowadays, then you could take one of the other versions and read that same verse and get a comparison like this. Um, and it could help you like that. So get different versions of the copies of the scriptures and get a concordance and compare these different verses and seek God's pure word because like in Proverbs 35 and 6, the scripture says, Every word of God is pure, a shield them, put their trust in. Add thou not to it, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. So he's saying here in, in Proverbs, if you have God's pure word and you add to it, God will reprove you and you'll be found a liar. That is, when you speak that word, if you've added to it, see, it won't be pure then, so God won't back it up. And it's the same way as if you go through one of the uh, copies of the Bible and it tells you that God's Word says this, and then you claim that or try to, you know, uh, uh, put your confidence and trust in that particular verse, and it may have some uh, man's words added to it also, and God won't back it up. And then you'll lose, you know, uh, this confidence that, hey, you know, uh, God didn't back that up, and I did this and this just like the Bible says. Well, see... Our copies of the Bible may have some words added to them also or taken away. We've got to seek God's pure word. Seek his pure word. And and you can find his pure word. It, it is possible. It certainly is. Now, but, uh, but you've got to set yourself to seek the Lord. Now, what is faith? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God, it says in Romans 10, 17. So God manifests a message in your mind or heart. Now, in uh, Psalms 119.9, it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Said, By taking heed thereto according to God's word. So when God manifests that message in your mind, the only way to receive faith from that is to accept it into your heart in agreement. If you reject it, it's unbelief. Like if, if God asks you to teach a Sunday school class, he manifests that message to you and you know God's asking you to teach that Sunday school class. The only way to receive uh, that faith into your heart and have God then be pleased with you and go with you is to receive his words into your heart and say, yes, Lord, I will. Even though I've never taught a class before, I'm going to trust that you'll go with me and help me do it. See, in, in the Bible most of God's people, like Moses, argued a little bit with God and said, I can't talk. And, you know, Jeremiah says, I'm too young and things like this. Uh, because when we've never done something, we had we don't have this very good confidence that we can do it. But when God calls us to do something, we should have the confidence to know that he's going to go with us. And he's going to help us do it. Now, so faith comes from hearing. Hear more of God if we receive it. But if you reject what he asks you to do or what he's speaking to you, whatever it might be, go to a neighbor and, you know, just go to a neighbor and take him a pie. If we reject doing that, then that's what's called unbelief throughout the scriptures. Someone who has heard God's word and rejects it, like the Apostle Paul says in Second Thessalonians 2, 10, 11, says people go to hell and perish because they reject the love, the truth of God's word when God brings his word to them. And that's stated again, kind of like in Hebrews 4, 2, it says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached, see, God's word, his living word, his manifested message in their minds and hearts, but the word preached unto them did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. See, they didn't receive his message that he, he manifested in their mind, however he got it to them. See, it doesn't matter whether it's a dream, vision, or, you know, a, a preacher, you know, a message that, you know, God sends his word to you, or you're reading the Bible and God's message in, God sends his message to you and everything. What's important is how you, if you accept or reject it. And if you accept his message in that's what we call faith well you know you've heard god's word you've received it into your heart to faith now his words are spirit and life so that when they come into your heart then they start working in your heart like the first time when they first come into your heart 
these words of salvation like this for us was a gospel preached as well as in them but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it for those that did invite his words to come in that's when then he creates a new heart a new life and we receive salvation it says for by grace see grace is at work of the spirit in the heart that's the word we use to say anytime God is working in a person's heart it's a work of grace grace the work of God's spirit in our heart so his words are spirit and life Jesus says in John 6:63. my words are spirit and life so when his spirit and his life comes into our heart we hear the gospel we receive his words in into our heart then his spirit starts working in us to create a new heart a new life that God spoke through the prophet in Ezekiel 36 26 and said a new heart also will I give you a new spirit will I put within you I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh give you a heart of flesh and I'll put my spirit in you see that that's how we get the new heart a new life and we receive the work of grace for salvation is to receive the the spirit of his words receive his words into our heart about salvation that we're a sinner we got to admit and confess to God that we're a sinner and and want to turn from that repent and turn from that sin and then he teaches us or he'll t God teaches us that we're uh, we got to turn to Jesus uh, Jesus says in John 6 45 they shall all be taught of God so that's the reason I'm saying God teaches us because we have to have this uh, knowledge to turn to Jesus uh, that he's our answer he's the only answer not just one of the answers he is the answer turn to Jesus his um, perfect walk of faith for uh, lamb without blemish in this to fulfill the Old Testament sacrifice the seven sprinklings of his blood on the cross to match the seven sprinklings of the uh, sacrificial animals in the Old Testament that have their blood sprinkled seven times before the mercy seat of God where Jesus did that on the cross his two feet his two hands that's four ways he was bleeding on the cross um, plucked his beard the fifth way in the crown of thorns on his head with the sixth way and the stripes on his back the seventh way he was bleeding uh, shedding his blood the sprinkling of his blood his life's blood for us as he was sacrificing his life on the cross now the thorn aside that was after he died and that was to keep any bones in his legs from having to be broke uh, they run that sword in his side and uh, to find out if he was still alive because it had been prophesied back in uh, Psalms 34, I believe, one of them. Anyway, a couple of times it was prophesied in the Old Testament, none of his bones would be broken. And if he had still been alive when they rammed that sword in his thigh, side, they would have broke some his legs or you know his knees or something like that so that he would have died quicker. And um, But they found out he was already dead, though, and so they didn't have to break any of his bones. So now then, we have uh, faith comes by hearing, hear more of God, but only if you receive his word into your heart positively and trust and obey I see that's a difference now in trust uh, and faith I've, I've talked to people that say they're the same just kind of you know trust in God well you know it's the same as you know having faith in God but it's not you trust God enough to accept his words to faith trust God that he'll help you teach that class and then you accept his words to faith and obey and go teach the class and pray as you do and God will help you teach the class See? confidence you have confidence that God will help you do these things but it seems like that nowadays uh, everything is kind of slid to where they don't use the words confidence and trust that much that because it doesn't sound as good and as important and everybody kind of wants to make what they're saying sound so good that uh, they've just gotten a habit of you know using faith I'm gonna trust God I'm have faith in God I'll faith in, you know and and so many times if you listen closely to what people are saying they should be saying confidence or trust because faith only comes now and faith is a hundred percent if God has spoken to you that he's gonna heal you you can supposedly claim God's healing by faith but see but now I've heard so many people uh, say I'm claiming God's healing by faith and and you know and they die a couple of days later or something like this you know what it is they're trusting God they're they got their confidence they're they're seeking God something like this but if God had told them he's gonna heal them he would have 
See, so in a sense, that's accusing God of not doing what he said. If you say you're claiming you're healing by faith and then you die, then see, that's a, that don't work. Because when God tells you something and you accept and obey his words, he will do his part. And he won't fail you. Now, but you got to know God's speaking to you. Like in um, Mark eleven twenty three, To speak to that mountain, have it move, you've got to know God has told you to speak to that mountain and tell it to move. Like um, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, Have faith in God. Whosoever shall say in this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast in the sea. And not doubting. See, that not doubting, the only way you can speak something and not doubt it is to know that God has told it to you. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. And that's where you get that confidence in and trust is that you know that you've heard from God. Now, if you don't, you're just making up something that sounds good. And, uh, you know, as most Pentecostal Assembly of God circles and so many Christians like that, you know, uh, get sick or something and say, well, I'm claiming my healing by faith. Because, see, if, if they don't say that, then... Uh, the rest of the congregation, everything like that, or think they're heathens or something. But uh, just having an automatic response of saying, I'm claiming my healing by faith. <laughs> well, you better get on your knees and start praying and seek the Lord and make sure that He's telling you He's going to heal you. Because there's a big difference. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of the Lord. Now, okay. Now, so we have the faith. Uh, there's some things about faith, too, that uh, I want to share with you. That, uh, Like, for example, you'll hear people say, place your faith in God. Now, that sounds so good. You know, especially ministers when they're behind a pulpit and they're trying to get people, you know, to come down and, you know, surrender their hearts and lives to the Lord. You know, turn to the Lord and like this. Place your faith in God. You know, like it, that is impossible to do. You cannot place your faith in God. Faith is not a substance or something that you can just place here and place there and place here. I've seen books in a Christian bookstore locally here that say there's two or three different kind of faiths. These ministers have made up different kind of faiths for us. But see, there's only one faith. There's not two kind of faith. There's one. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now, if, if you're just hoping something, you know, like that, if there's doubt in it, or if you're trusting God for something, you can be trusting. Now, see, that's not 100%. It is if you're 100% trusting like that. But if you don't know what God's will is about something, and you have doubt in it like that, you say, well, I'm just trusting God's going to heal me from that. I'm just trusting God's going to heal her or heal them. See, have you prayed and heard from God that he's going to? See, then that becomes faith. If he says, yes, I'm going to heal him, I'm going to heal you, that's faith. So uh, try to be more careful with these words. You can't place your faith in Christ. Faith is not something that you carry around with you in your pocket. Uh, faith is if you've prayed about something and God has spoken to you, like a like I keep using an example of teaching a class because I want people to think about that because there should be people out teaching today that aren't teaching that should be teaching um, and sharing with others God's word. But if God asks you to teach a class, you know, and you uh, are faced with that, then when you first recognize that God has you know really spoken to you and that He wants you to teach that class, you only have two things you can do. You can accept his words to faith and go and teach the class, or you can reject his words to unbelief. But see, you don't have faith until you make the choice to accept and receive it. You don't have unbelief until you make that choice to reject it. Now, while you're dragging your feet, though, it says in uh, what is First Samuel 15, it says, you know, uh, if... If you drag your feet against God, that is just as bad as saying no. If I can find that real quick here, because it says it in such a much better way than what I'm saying it. First Samuel 15, when uh, God was getting on to King Saul, but anyway, he sent Samuel and said, 
Does God have his great delight in offerings and sacrifices and obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than even to sacrifice to God. And to hearken is better than fat of rams. Now it says, for rebellion is sin of witchcraft and stubbornness. See, if God is speaking to you to teach that class and you're kind of, you know, trying to put him off and put him off until you can feel not so guilty about not doing it. You know, you say, well, I'm too old. I'm too young. I can't talk good. I, I don't, I'm not that great a Bible scholar or something like that. See, bringing up all these excuses and everything like that, stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. See, and that's maybe what some of you have gone through. And that's, maybe your relationship with the Lord isn't that great. And, and it's because you've kind of drugged your feet when he's come to you and asked you to do things. And so that he doesn't do that anymore. See, he'll finally just give up on you because he knows you're going to continue to make excuses and, and not accept and obey his words to faith. But now you've got to trust him and give him a chance and say, Lord, okay, I'll go. And I'm going to trust that you will help me and do this. And he will. Take a short break now, and I'll be right back. Visit Richard's website at raharden.com. That's the World Wide Web at rahardin.com. At his website, you can see a summary of the six books he has written, where purchases may be made. He also has a link to 18 videos on YouTube and several blogs about Christian beliefs. If you prefer, visit Amazon.com backslash Kindle and type in Richard Harden to see and purchase his books. KLRN Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord, right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. Each of my programs are being saved so that you can listen to them at any time. There's just four simple steps to find the past programs. Go to www.spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Enter my name, Richard Harden, in the search box in the top center of the home page. Click on the brown icon, which has the Bible, two candlesticks, and a cross in the background. A list of my programs will come up. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. Welcome back. I was just talking with you about, you know, uh, placing your faith here, placing your faith there, placing your faith in God. Uh, You can't do that. If God speaks to you, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. If God speaks to you to go to a neighbor next door and... um, and pray for them, or to just, for a woman, go to a neighbor next door and, and take them a pie or something like this, you know. Uh, and, and you know it's God speaking to you. Now, I'm not talking about you just have a good feeling or something. Uh, I'm talking about something where you know that it's God speaking to you. Now, uh, and how will you know that? I'm not sure. Because God comes to us in so many different ways, and sometimes, you know, it, it, it surprises me. And then, you know, all I can say is that God knows you and what it takes for you to know Him when He's speaking to you. And if you're truly open to receiving God's Word and to, and to trying to grow closer to God and everything like that, He will make sure that you know it's Him speaking to you. Because Jesus said in John chapter 10 um, that we should learn to hear His voice as clear as if like in a, a party or something, a big, huge party you're going to in a big ballroom or something, and people are hollering and laughing and everything like this and back and forth and music's going over here and like that, a person could blindfold you 
and lead you through that party and you could pick out your husband, your wife, your children's voices. You could you could pick out your friend that you came with voice like this with your eyes closed because see that's the way it is with Jesus. As we go through our day, you know, uh, we can't see him manifested in the flesh. We can't see God manifested. It's a spirit. But we can learn to hear his voice as clear as we could learn to hear our husbands, our wives, our children, and like that, the voices and everything. So that's what I mean when I say that, you, that you've heard from God, and God has manifested a message in your mind, and he will make sure, if he wants you to know that message, he'll make sure that you know it's him if you got an open heart to seeking him. Now, let's go back to that then. But when he manifests a message to you to, like, uh, go help the neighbor next door, you don't have anything there that you can uh, place anywhere. You can't place it here and place it there. You can't place God's word places. You can reject it from your heart. But the only place you can place it is in your heart and accept it and obey and go do what God has asked you to do. So see, when, when you hear ministers talk about place your faith in God, place your faith here, it sounds so good, but it's not. Because you can't glorify God by telling a lie. You can't glorify God by teaching error. And that is error. You cannot place God's word anywhere like that except in your heart. You have the choice there to accept his word in your heart or reject it. That's it. But to place your faith here and place your faith there, that's, that's like you got money in your pocket or something. No, and you don't carry his faith around with you and just place it here and place it there. That comes from the idea that many preachers teach that everybody has faith. You're born with faith. And then when you come of age and you, know, you learn about God and you learn about Jesus and you learn about that you're a sinner and things like this, then you make the choice to place your faith in God. You place your faith in Jesus. Now, see, that's wrong, too. You, that didn't happen because, see, we aren't born with faith. Everybody does not have faith. But you'll hear... Even, even people like Dr. Stanley and others like this, great teachers around here are saying, place your faith, you know, do this. And, and you know, uh, because there's a scripture in Romans, uh, chapter, let's see, what is it, verse, Romans chapter 12, speaking about the gifts of the Spirit, it starts out, chapter 1 says, you, you know, uh, uh, let me find that real quick. I'm, I got going so fast here. Okay, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Verse 3 says, Every man, God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. But let me, uh, you know, what leads up to that. I beseech you, uh, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So he's saying, Brethren, up there to start with. He's talking to Christians there. Okay. And be not conformed as well, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, he's still talking about Christians here. This is the gifts of the Spirit chapter, verse 12. Uh, and then verse 3. And I say, through the grace given me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think so soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. See, he said, according to your level of faith. How much has God taught you? You know, when some people come to the Lord, they know very little about Him. All they know is, God, I want you. Help me. And and, and that will get God to answer because in, um, what is it, 2 Corinthians 3, 16, 17, it says that uh, when it, when the heart of man turns to the Lord, the veil of separation is lifted. You know, when, when the heart turns to God crying out, God will hear an answer. And that's all it takes for salvation. It's just a heart crying to God, wanting help, wanting you know, out of this mess he's in or whatever, something like that. And God will answer him. Now, as we start growing, we all come into the spirit, you know, into the kingdom of God with different levels of knowledge about God and different levels of knowledge about his word, God and his word being the same and everything. And then we start growing to be more like Christ as we study God's Word and as we walk with Him daily like this, we we grow in knowledge and understanding of God in our life. Well, that then is 
is what we each must do. We're not born with faith. Some have more of God's word when they're saved than others. But to say that we're all born with faith as babies and then we just come place our faith here and place our faith there, you can, you can tell then that the minister is not sure what he's talking about or doesn't understand what he's talking about. Because look at some scriptures here. And like I mentioned before, get your, you know, different copies of the Bible and get your concordance. And the first time that uh, in the scripture that the word faith is used, it's used by God in Deuteronomy chapter 32. Uh, if I can find that real quick here. Uh, I would have had all these marked, but I'm not sure sometimes which ones I'm going to be using as I go through. But De Deuteronomy 32, uh, verse uh, 20. God used the word faith first, and this is what he said. And God said, I will hide my face from them. He's speaking about his children of Israel, you know, the, the Israelites. I will see what their end shall be, for they are a very forward generation, children in whom is no faith. Very forward generation, children in whom no faith. See, see, saying his, uh, the children of Israel at this particular time, they were so bad, they had no faith. So for ministers to preach that we all have faith, just place your faith here and place your faith there, just shows that they haven't really searched out the word faith to see how it's used throughout the scripture. And then God's not the only one that used like that. In Mark chapter 4 verse 40 when the uh, disciples was in the ship and it was they thought it was sinking and everything they went to Jesus, woke him up he was asleep in the back of the boat and Jesus said there in Mark 4 40 uh, But well, he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And Jesus said unto them, Now he didn't pat them on the back for coming to him. You'd think, well, they, you know, when they got a problem and everything, they come to Jesus. No, he didn't do that. Jesus said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Now see, so good people like you and me, Hopefully, <laughs> we're good. Hopefully, we're good. But anyway, good people can have no faith, too, in certain situations. Uh, something suddenly come up in your life or my life like that. Uh, like Jehoshaphat, surrounded by three armies in Second Chronicles chapter 20. He said he feared, set himself to seek the Lord. Uh, it might be so different in our lives that all of a sudden we have to set ourselves to seek the Lord real quick. We don't know what God's will or word is in that situation. It can be so different. But with that happens to you, turn to the Lord immediately to get his word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And I know there's so many things that could happen in this universe, in this life, that I've never faced before. And I could be right there like Jehoshaphat was when he was surrounded by those three armies, fearful, Set yourself to seek the Lord. It's the only possible good answer is to seek the Lord. Now, so Jesus says people don't have faith sometimes in certain situations. Uh, there's a lot of people. I grew up in Baptist church. A lot of people have faith that they can go out and share testimony of salvation with people and that person gets saved. But they don't have any faith for healing. You know, it, the only time the healing is is allowed to be mentioned almost in Baptist Church on Wednesday night prayer meetings. And then we'd go to prayer meetings, and I went there 10 years like that. And 90% of the prayer requests were for healing, but they wouldn't be mentioned again for the next week. Nothing about healing or, you know, something like that was ever taught in church or anything. Uh, now, when somebody got healed, you know, they would, so-and-so got healed, and they'd say, the Lord healed them, something like this. And, yeah, sure, the Lord does all the healing and everything. But I'm talking about when you want to pray and seek the Lord for your healing and get that healing like Jesus healed people that he met throughout his ministry. And 14 times it says in the New Testament, if you want to start searching something, 14 times it says, and all were healed. Everywhere Jesus went. Let's see. Uh, one that I should have memorized is Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, which says, and Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages preaching the gospel and healing all manner of sicknesses and diseases. See, 
That's a lot of people. It said all the cities and villages. And it says that 14 times. Well, two of the times. One is for Peter and one is for Apostle Paul when he was on that island and the shipwrecked all were healed. And Peter, they brought everybody to his shadow and everything like that. But 12 times it says that Jesus healed all. Now, some of those are repeated in Mark and Luke like that. But still, of all the crowds and everything Jesus went to, it says he healed all that were sick and needed healing and everything came to him. Well, so... We, sicknesses are of the devil. If you look back in Deuteronomy chapter 28, there's a, there's a list of blessings from God and there's a list of curses. And there's not one sickness on the blessing side. All the sicknesses are on the cursing side. And it says in Proverbs 26, 2, the curse does not come without a cause. So why are so many Christians sick? Just like in Second Chronicles, excuse me, Second Corinthians 2, 10, 11, it says, forgive others lest you give Satan advantage. There's Christians all across our country right now laying in a hospital because they held unforgiveness to someone and the devil had advantage in their life and brought curses into their life. It's that simple. God has not given anybody a sickness. Because in all those times that Jesus healed everybody, if, you know, everybody in the crowd, he didn't line them up and ask them, you know, you've been doing this, if you've been doing that and all that stuff. He just healed them. And if any one of them had had a sickness from God, Jesus would have sinned because he had been violating his father's will for that person. He had been overriding it or something or whatever you want to say. But see, he healed them all. He didn't ask them all about all their backgrounds and all this stuff and everything like that. Every curse is from the devil. Every sickness is from the devil. I don't care what kind of sickness you got. It's from the devil. You have the right then to go to God Get your heart right and go to him and ask to be delivered of that sickness, that work of the devil. That's what Jesus came to do, to overcome the works of the devil and everything. And he'll do it today, too, if you'll reach out to him with a heart of, like Jeremiah 29, 13. You shall seek me with all your heart, you know. You shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Now, whatever you did, you may have been holding that sickness for the last 15, 20 years. You know, whatever it is you did to open that door, if if you got something like sickness or something like that, or have a friend or a loved one sick like that, be gentle about it, but somehow or another, uh, well, I've come on this uh, type of thing to where, you know, it, it it's hard to go in a hospital room and, and, you know, start talking to a person, tell them, you know, hey, what'd you do? You know, uh, uh, how'd you open the door to the devil and all this stuff? So... Especially if, if if you know a person's real sick and they're thinking about maybe good dying, just ask them. Say, well, uh, I'd like to talk with you about you know. Uh, let's make sure that 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 you don't have any unforgiveness in your heart. If you know, uh, let's make sure and get your heart, you know, straightened out here with God and everything, uh, and pray with them if you can. You know, like especially if it's a loved one close enough to you, like a husband or a wife or a child or something like that, and and make sure you don't have because. Unforgiveness, it says there in Second Corinthians 2, 10, 11, forgive others, let's give Satan advantage. See, we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And it says we're going to answer for the good and bad. Now, most of the time you don't hear about the bad because we're not real sure what the bad is, except all of our, un, all of our forgiven sins are going to be forgotten. God says he forgives and forgets our sins. So they're not going to be there. So what is going to be there? Well, unforgiveness you know that we've held in our heart uh, husbands dwells your wives cord knowledge being joint heirs grace life lest your prayers be hindered now see if if something will cause our prayers to be hindered and we won't be that pleasing to God uh, that he'll block our prayers and stuff like this and Satan have advantage in our life then see that's going to be there how come you didn't get your heart right? You know, how come you wasn't treating your wife right? How come you wasn't treating your children right? Stuff like this. And then in uh, Ephesians 4, 26, 27, be angry, sin not, let not the sun go down in your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Well, see, that's going to, you know, uh, if, if you're holding things in your heart like that uh, over time and stuff like that, that root of bitterness and everything, uh, 
you may be doing a lot of good work in your church and a lot of good things like that, helping other people and seeing a bunch of them uh, from what you share with them, everything, a bunch of them, you know, just really get blessed. But if you got that root of bitterness in you like that, and nowadays in our society, we got all kind of things that we have to really watch out for. You know, how do you feel about illegals? How do you feel about, you know, uh, uh, all these other things going on in our society, you know, coming in and, 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 and tearing up our country and stuff like this and everything. That's really a problem because, you know, if you look back in Jesus' day, uh, the Romans had those people under sub, such subjection and everything, they could just ride into town, kill people, and nothing was done to them about it. You know, it just the Roman Empire was that powerful and and their people could do that you know their soldiers and stuff like that see so uh and and jesus was right there you know he never did you know teach to fight them and everything but now we've got to make sure that we've got our hearts right with the lord so if, if you got somebody sick like that, try to talk and lead them into, you know, praying with you to get their hearts right with the Lord and everything and see if things don't change. I've seen that so many times when people start getting their hearts right with the Lord in that sick bed. Well, my goodness, you know, they're out of the hospital in a couple more days because they've, they've, they've got this uh, door closed to the devil when they start closing that door to unforgiveness things. Now, uh, let's see if I can get back on here what I was on faith. Uh, <laughs> got kind of sidetracked there on healing and health because I, I, I know so many people are are, be, are suffering and everything because of curses of the devil and they don't realize how serious it is when they hold unforgiveness and stuff. But now I was talking about uh, people are not born with faith and God used the word faith first, said his children were so forward that they had no faith. Jesus jumped on the disciples and said, uh, why do you have no faith? And then the Apostle Paul now in uh, Romans you know, 12, 3, that's the same Apostle Paul that said in Romans 12, 3, uh, God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. Let me read you this scripture he says back here, Second um, Thessalonians 3, 2. Um, not First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians three two. Start well, verse one. Finally, brethren, see now here he's talking to Christians again. The Apostle Paul is. Pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. Verse two now, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for all men have not faith. Now here the Apostle Paul says, all men have not faith, and in Romans twelve three. He said that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. He said, well, boy, he's so confused and everything. No, he's not. He's talking to Christians here to pray for them to be delivered from unreasonable, wicked men who have not accepted and received God's word to faith. All people in our society today don't have faith. In fact, I'd say about 60 to 80% of the people can't stand the thought of God's word. They're trying to push God's word out of our country. They're trying to even signs about God, memories of God, you know, the Ten Commandment plaques and things like this. And the, during Christmas, you know, the nativity scene stuff, they, they don't even want anything to remind them of God and his word. See, those people don't have faith. They've never had faith, something like this. Now, for unreasonable wicked men, for all men have not faith. But over here in Romans chapter 12, verse 3, he says, Serve the Lord with the measure of faith. See, the measure of his word that you've received into your heart, that he's taught you and delivered you. See, so all people do not have faith. So when you hear these preachers talk about place your faith, see, they're teaching that everybody has faith. Just place it here. Place it there. Place it here. Place it there. When you hear them saying that, put a big question mark on everything else they say because they don't know what they're talking about. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, and it's like a, to teach a class or to, you know, uh, I don't know, go help somebody or do this or God's asking us to do something like Moses. He asked him to, he told him he's going to use him to deliver the children of Israel. And Moses argued with him, I can't talk and everything. So God even provided a mouthpiece, Aaron, his brother, to go with him and everything. So faith is not a substance type thing that you can uh, place here and place there. I know I've heard Jesse Plantis say, faith is the substance things hope for. 
Faith is things. Faith is things. See, you get so many interpretations of faith, and it's so confusing. But you go back to Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing God's word. And then if you remember Psalms 119.9, where it says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to God's word. Well, there was my notice. We're about out of time. Anyway, so all men do not have faith. Now, we do have a shield of faith. You know, like you'll hear these people say when things happen bad or something like that. Well, it rains on the just and the unjust. But the just shouldn't get as wet. Because we have a shield of faith in Ephesians 6.16. It says to shield us from all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, I'm not saying I have a perfect shield all the time. Sometimes my shield has a little hole in it or something somewhere. And, uh, and some of those darts do get through. But as soon as they get through, that ought to be a recognition to you that, hey, where is the hole in my shield? What is it about God I'm doubting? Or what is it? You know, anytime you recognize fear, fear comes in because you're doubting God about something. Is he going to protect you? Is God going to deliver you? Is God going to heal you? Is God going to you know, provide the money for this? Is God going to do this? See, every time that... Uh, you have a doubt like this, doubt opens the door and it's deadly because doubt represents some area that you're not trusting God. You don't have that faith in God for that particular area and everything. So in, instead of just screaming and hollering and, you know, uh, getting worried and all upset and everything like this, get on your knees and say, Lord, what is it about you I'm doubting? Lord, please help me. I know when uh, 1987, when the doctor called me after a biopsy and stuff like that and said, uh, well, Mr. Harden, it's cancer. You've got cancer. But what hair I had tried to stand straight up at attention, you know, like that. Because, you know, a lot of people have heard those words, and I know what it's like when you hear them. But as soon as I hung up that phone, I went right around that back in those days. You know, we didn't have cell phones and all that stuff, so we had one good phone, central phone in the <laughs> middle of the house. Might have had another one, extension in the bedroom or something, but uh, the one in the middle of the house. I turned right around when it got out of the kitchen, living room, got on my knees before the Lord and prayed to Him. Within five minutes, that fear was gone. In five minutes, I knew I was taken care of. In five minutes, I knew I was going to be doing something like I'm doing right now in years to come. Because the Lord let me know he wasn't through with me. He had a lot for me to do. And I still have that confidence today. The same thing. But uh, I think he'll like the Apostle Paul and Peter and them. They knew when their time was ending up. And I think I will too. I think you will too if you're seeking to serve the Lord and everything. Because he'll have you in a ministry. He'll have you doing those things. You'll see him working with you. And he'll let you know when it's finishing up. Anyway. I don't know how I got on that, but I tell you what, when uh, uh, you're walking with the Lord like that and everything, don't panic, scream, holler. All that worry and everything won't help you one bit. Turn to the Lord in prayer. Like Philippians 4, 6 says, uh, the Apostle Paul says, be anxious for nothing. Don't even wait till the fear comes. If, if you've got a concern about something, when that concern develops, turn to prayer. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. See, that's when you start praying. Um, after I'd settled that bit about cancer and everything, I was in Memphis with one of my friends, and uh, I was telling him about it and everything, and God had sent me to a, uh, a doctor. When I walked in the door, the doctor, first thing the doctor said to all of his patients, not just me, but that's the doctor God picked out for me. He said, uh, let's have a prayer, young man. And I knew then I was at the right place. And we had prayer. <laughs> I told this friend of mine in Memphis, and he looked at me you know, like a really concerned face, and he said, Oh, my goodness, Richard, was it that bad? <laughs> I said, No, but that's, uh, the best thing to do is to pray at the beginning. Don't wait till it gets that bad. And so, uh, but, you know, that's what happens to so many people, you know, don't even consider prayer until it's so bad there's nothing else to do. Don't wait that long. Like when the scripture, uh, I just quoted you there in the, well, I can't even think of the scripture I just quoted you a couple of minutes ago. I get so excited about what's going on there. 
Oh, yeah. Philippians 4 6. I could have forget that. Philippians 4 6. Uh, be anxious for nothing but in all things with prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So when you start getting anxious about something, that's when to pray. And if you haven't received Christ your Lord and Savior, now's the time to pray. Today is the day of salvation. And you don't place your faith in Christ. You turn to the Lord and say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. You know, have your words come alive in me. Perform that work of grace in me to create a new heart, a new life, salvation. Receive his words to faith into your heart now that he loves you, he cares for you. He'll forgive you. He'll put his spirit in you, creating you the new heart, a new life for salvation. God's Pure Word of Faith with Richard Harden can now be heard Monday through Friday mornings at 7 a.m. Central, 8 Eastern, and on Saturday and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Join him and let's turn our country back to God. It only takes a spark to start a forest fire. Let's get on fire for the Lord, right here on KLRN Radio and the Spark Radio Network. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign.